Hi, this is Rachel McElroy. Hello, this is Griffin McElroy. And this is wonderful. Happy Valentine's Day. Oh, my yeah. Sweet hey. R- romantic paramour. <laughs> uh-huh. My darling love, my purpose, my. I had a bunch in my pants. <laughs> yeah. So while I was doing that, my <laughs> jeans were riding up, and it did look like. I was maybe making an untoward gesture <laughs> yeah, while I was describing this with Paramore. And I'm really sorry about that. You were, you were, you know, pitching woo at me and then you had your hand on your crotch. I was, I was pitching like, more, a little bit more than woo. I didn't you, know. No, that was an unintentional, <laughs> completely separate sort of pants adjustment situation that uh-huh. was happening. But uh, I know everybody out there loves Valentine's Day an equal amount. And so to all of you celebrating, just have it, keep it, keep it safe. Keep keep it safe and have fun out there. Chocolates, kissing the whole nine yards. Uh-huh. Roses. Yeah. Uh, steak dinner. Whatever. Yeah, you, yeah. Whatever the order uh-huh. of the day is on this most sacred day we all love so much. We just hope you're t- tearing it up out there. Just getting crazy. <laughs> Do you have a? This is a show we talk about things we like, things that are good, things that are into, and we like to sometimes kick things off once in a blue moon with a segment we call Small Wonders. And it, this segment usually begins with me trying to flummox. I'm ready. My darling dear. Oh, yeah. What you got? Danny, go. Danny, Danny, go, go. Yep. We, uh, as we have mentioned on the show, we have uh, taken in quite a bit of children's programming in the past six plus years and our youngest was a big fan of blippy and you know blippy's fine i don't i don't really dislike blippy but he's not my favorite no so every once in a while i'll like look around for other children's entertainers that have songs yeah and hey danny go hey danny go what's up? up danny go and uh cuckoo kangaroo cuckoo kangaroo uh, is is good. Danny Go for me is is next next level. Yeah, genius. Danny Go has songs that it's like I don't know. I might listen to them when Gus isn't around. That's wild. That's what you just said is fucking bonkers. <laughs> I mean, but I haven't done it yet. No, but it's the but option is there. Yeah, it's got some bops. You got Razmataz. I also using your appreciate that you cannot find any information about this person's real life. Yeah. From what I can tell, I went to his website. I did some googling. All I can figure out is he is a performer living in North Carolina. Great. That's all I need. That's I don't want any more <laughs> yeah. from Danny Go. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like uh-huh. it's I want him to get out there and sing songs about being a math whiz. Um, I want him to sing songs just sort of about just sports. Yeah, just a from general a kind of agnostic general enthusiasm. General for enthusiasm for sports. That song rules because I think there's a line in it that's like. No matter what the uh, the ball is, I'm gonna play. And then there's people in the background, background singers who are like, hockey, basketball, <laughs> football, running. <laughs> Fucking great. Danny yeah. Go, keep it up. Uh, oh no, what was I gonna talk about? Oh no, oh, Poker Face. Hey, Poker Face on the Peacock platform. Crushing again. Have we talked about Poker Face? I don't think we have. It's just fun. It's just fun. Natasha Leone. Anytime she's in a role, I think nobody else could have played that role. Yeah. And that is especially true with this show. Literally nobody. Yeah. The, the whole thing wouldn't work, I think, without her. It's a, a sort of mystery of the week show uh, by uh, Rian or Ryan Johnson. One of these days, I'm going to learn how to say that name. Uh, who, who put <laughs> If out- you put different music behind it, it would be a little bit like uh, a Law and Order television program and that the episode tends to start with a murder and then you watch Natasha Leone figure out how it happened. It's so neat 
you see everything, right? And so you're while you're watching this murder take place, and it's a big portion of the episode, like the first third of the of the episode is just sort of going into detail about like this heinous act that took place and looking at all the ways that they tried to cover their tracks and trying to figure out like, oh, how is how's Charlie Kale gonna crack this one? And then the rest of the show is her cracking it. But like she's not a cop, which is great. And so when you take that the the authority of, you know, the law away from the the person who's trying to solve these crimes, then like half the thing is like, well, she can find as many clues as she wants. But like, how is this going to be actionable for this person who is who wields no authoritative power whatsoever? Yeah. Uh, and who also like has some some troubled history. Yes. So it's not like she can go to the police and say, I've figured this out. Yeah. Like she's on the run herself. It's great, man. We've watched, yeah. I think, the first four episodes uh, and uh, it's been fun. Really, really, really fun uh, guest stars in each episode. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm wild about it. It's, uh, it's fun, but it's not necessarily like, I don't feel like it is... Um, I hate the term like binge worthy as as much as other shows I've watched because it is like I, I feel like every episode is so standalone. But at the same time, like I'm kind of enjoying having a show that we just kind of have in our back pocket that we haven't yeah. just like devoured. Although it's I kind of nice because there's like there's no real like cliffhangers, you know, because each show kind of stands on its own. Yeah. So you don't. There is a through line, but it's not. Yeah. I don't know. It's not. It's not the thing that keeps you coming back. The thing that keeps you coming back is like these mysteries are really clever and yeah. the guest stars are fantastic and it's a very it's a great show. I'm really liking it. And Peacock another, man. Peacock man. Um, I go first. This week, I'm talking about a board game this week, but it's a board game that I love and didn't know anything sort of about the history of. And then when I read about the history of it, I was like, mm, that's good stuff. The game is Risk Le Conque du Monde. <laughs> Le Conque du Monde. I don't know that I have any connection to Risk. Uh, when I look back at like the golden era of like when I was playing a lot of board games, uh, there were a few, but one of them was like late college, like 2008, 2009. I would play pretty much always risk with different groups of friends. Like my brother's friends all were wild about risk. They would have these big, like, you know, fancy whiskey and cigars and a game of <laughs> a game of Le Conque du Monde. And I would play it with my friends sometimes when we just like didn't really have anything else to do. It was a guaranteed way of just like, well, we have our activity for the night. We're going to be playing risk and it's going to take a long time and no one can leave until it's done. Can you remind me like what it is? Sure. So Risk is a strategy board game. You control countries on a map. I think there's 42 different territories spread across six continents. And you control these countries using these little pieces representing like military units. And the rules are like, Risk I think is an intimidating game, but the rules really are pretty straightforward. At the beginning of your turn, you get more reinforcements. You get more of these little units depending on how many countries you control uh, with some bonuses for like if you control a whole continent you get bonus troops that you can sort of assign wherever and then after you've drafted like that you can uh, move your troops or you can attack neighboring countries that are controlled by other players or you can just pass your turn sometimes you want to just like add a bunch of troops to your borders so nobody comes and tries to start shit and then when you attack you roll dice depending on how many attackers there are and how many defenders there are and whoever rolls highest uh knocks out the other team's troops and then when you knock out all the troops in a territory you move into it and take it over and that's more or less it 
Uh, obviously, when you take over a territory, all of a sudden now you're drafting more troops. On your next turn, there are like cards you draw every time you take a territory and you can exchange those for more troops. And classic risk was just that. And it could last like days uh, because you could get in these huge wars of attrition because it only ended when there was one player left standing and all the others had been knocked out. I have mostly played versions that introduce like objectives, like take over a certain number of territories in one turn or control all of Asia. And then once you get a certain number of objectives, you win the game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is the only way to play in my book because it's it's uh, it's more fun and it is much faster and much more digestible. And it's also easier to get friends to play the game with you when this prospect of playing a multi-day wargaming affair yeah. uh, isn't hanging over their heads. That version that I mentioned with the objectives is colloquially called Risk Reinvention. Uh, and it actually came out in 2008. Uh, there are a few versions that introduced like these objectives before, but in 2008, Hasbro re-released Risk as Risk Reinvention, and it had all these different mechanics, like you had a capital city you had to defend, and the objectives that you had to control, and uh, it added a lot of things that made the game a lot faster while still sort of maintaining the strategy that makes the game fun. The origin of... So you've never played Risk? I feel like we have, now that you're describing it. I think it. we played it with our friends. I think we played this yeah. reinvention version. Yeah, uh, it sounds familiar. I was getting it, like, I was trying to differentiate it in my head between the game... Catan? Yes. I mean, this laid the groundwork for a lot of strategy games like Catan or war games like Axis and Allies, which is, like, a big one. Risk uh, was the, the, the forefather of a lot of those, and it came out in originally in 1957. So like this game's been around for a long time. The origins are wild. It was the sole board game invention of a French filmmaker named Albert, and I'm going to fuck this right up, Lamorie, I believe is how you pronounce the last name. <laughs> seems okay. It seems good. He was a, a filmmaker and a documentarian. Have you ever heard of a, a short film called The Red Balloon? That yeah, of course. That was him. He made that movie. Oh. He also fucking made Risk. Which Wild. is bonkers. This movie, The Red Balloon, it won the Palme d'Or Grand Prize at the Cannes Film Festival and won an Oscar for Best Original Screenplay. And yeah. the dude made Risk. What Whoa. a bonkers, bonkers career trajectory that this, yeah. that this man was on. Uh, he partnered with a French game manufacturer to release the game as Le Conque du Monde. In uh, 1957, Parker, what are you what are you saying when Le you say Conque du Monde? Yeah, what is that? What is the direct translation? Uh, Do you know, it is the uh, conquer the world. Oh, okay, that makes sense. I think that's what it is. Uh, the conquest of the world. Um, and Parker Brothers, in very short order, bought the the rights to the game to release it globally in 1959 as uh, Risk: The Game of Global Domination. I tried to find some details about why. Albert Lamoury, honored French filmmaker, also made Risk. Like, how did this? How did this come to pass? But details are like really scant about how this 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 board game was invented. All I could find is that in 1953 he filed a patent for this game idea after he came up with the concept of it during a family vacation. That's about as fruitful of a family vacation as. <laughs> I think you can hope for. Well, as when Lin-Manuel Miranda read the biography of Alexander Hamilton. Also, yeah, this is a, a <laughs> relatively uh, equivalent. So uh, sadly, Lamoury died in a helicopter accident in 1970. Uh, he was just 48 years old, and he never really got to see Risk 
take off. Because uh, it made a bit of a splash when it was first released, but it really wasn't until the early 90s when Hasbro acquired Parker Brothers and started to do a bunch of stuff with the Risk franchise that like it became a staple board game in a lot of people's households. Um, Hasbro also did the the uh, reinvention and a lot of the secret objective stuff that I mentioned before. Um, it's just wild to me that this game that launched a thousand ships of other board games uh, that did a similar kind of like world level strategy stuff was the result of just a family vacation project from a famous French filmmaker who never did anything. Obviously, like his life was cut short a little over a decade later, but he never did anything like that ever again. He just dipped in. He was a a, a masterful creator in this one field of film, and then was like, "I'm going to make one board game. It's going to be Risk, <laughs> yeah, and then Deuces. I'm out. Right back to films." Uh. Uh, that's about as inspiring as I think it it gets for me, just for somebody to be able to make such a, just a wild, off-the-cuff hit like that, and then... Yeah, it's again. a good reminder that there's really no reason to pigeonhole yourself. You no. Know? Like, to think like, oh, well, my only skill is film. It's yeah. Like, maybe there's something else in there. Percolating. You yeah. don't know. Let it out. Hey, can I steal you away? Yes. It can be intimidating trying to roll with the console cowboys in cyberspace. Um, there's always the worry that maybe they know something that you don't vis-a-vis um, website design or website functionality. And you think, I could never be that. I could never be among their illustrious ranks. Griffin, if I wanted to build a website where I ranked my favorite episodes of Ghost Rider, would I be able to do that? Well, first of all, it would be... The same list as everybody else's with the Julia Stiles episode at the top. But yes, you can do that with Squarespace. It's the all-in-one platform for building your brand and growing your business online. Every Squarespace website and online store comes with a suite of integrated features and useful guides that help maximize prominence among search results. Do you want to have special functionality like maybe a members-only VIP club section of your website? You can do that. Do you want to sell stuff? Yeah, you can do that too. Do you want to have an online scheduler so that people you can, you can sell? Uh, your time yeah you can do that also anything is possible that's um there for the commercial the super bowl commercial they had that was my voice yelling anything is possible in the wow background. yeah not a lot of people know that hey head to squarespace.com slash wonderful pod for a free trial and when you're ready to launch use offer code wonderful pod to save 10 percent off your first purchase of a website or domain griffin yeah you know it's a shame what is that when you order uh, meals to be delivered to you, they can only be for dinner. That's true because of the law. But wait, wait, what's this coming across our desk? The law is different now? <laughs> it's factor. These rebels are operating outside the boundaries of food law. <laughs> factor has breakfast. They have midday bites. They have smoothies. Uh, there's lots of stuff you can get with Factor. What other things can you get with Factor? Well, I'm looking at this menu right now. They got a lot of tasty little options for you. I'm talking about artichoke and spinach chicken with roasted zucchini and tomato butter. Did you even know that butter could be tomato? <laughs> Not me. Shredded chicken and loaded mashed taters. With I changed the word. They say potatoes, but I said taters, precious. With mushroom <laughs> gravy, smoked cheddar, uh, bacon, and Parmesan broccoli. Uh, this this menu is out of sight, and my mouth is just watering looking at these glossy JPEGs of tasty food. 
So head to factormeals.com slash wonderful50 and use code wonderful50 to get 50% off. That's code wonderful50 at factormeals.com slash wonderful50 to get 50% off. I'm Jordan Morris. And I'm Jesse Thorne. On Jordan Jesse Go, we make pure, delightful nonsense. We rope in awesome guests and bring them down to our level. We got stupid with Judy Greer. My friend Molly and I call it having the space weirds. Pat Oswalt. Can I get a Balrog burger and some Aragorn fries? Thank you. And Kumail Nanjiani. I've come back with cat toothbrushes, which is impossible to use. Come get stupider with us at MaximumFun.org. Look, your podcast app's already open. Just pull it out. Give Jordan Jesse Go a try. Being smart is hard. Be dumb instead. Hi, I'm Hal Loveland. And I'm Mark Gagliardi. And we're the hosts of We Got This with Mark and Hal, the weekly show where we settle the debates that are most important to you. That's right. What arguments are you and your friends having that you just can't settle? Apples or oranges? Marvel or DC? Fork versus spoon. Chocolate or vanilla? Best bagel. What's the best Disney song? We Got This with Mark and Hal. Every week on Maximum Fun, we do the arguing so you don't have to. Oh, all answers are final for all people for all time. We got this. Okay. Okay. This week, I am talking about the penalty box. This is a special little prison. Yeah. That they put naughty boys into. We were describing it to Henry. I don't remember why, but it's so clearly time out. And it it's is so just time out. Easily described as time out. And it's so unique, you know, in that the person sits in this little glass box that everybody can see them sit in for two minutes. And then the game goes on without them. Goes on, and they have to watch <laughs> and hope that the team, other team doesn't score because of their, their bad playing. Yeah, I mean, it, it fundamentally changes the game all the time. Yeah. You know, somebody will get in a situation where they feel like, if I don't go above and beyond here, this person is maybe going to score, or this person is going to do something that is going to be a problem. So I'm going to go ahead and trip them. And then they get in that penalty box, and then the other team scores, and they're like, oh, shoot. Yeah. You know? Coach is going to be so <laughs> PO'd. I tried to do some research on this um, because I thought, like, there's got to be some stories here. It can't just be a box. Uh, and, and, and I mean, it is, it is very much a box. It is a box. Uh, yeah, famously. I thought it was interesting. You know, hockey's been around for a long time. Uh, and apparently until 1916, transgressions were punished by monetary fines. That's good. <laughs> That's cool. So it was like, hey, 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 just so you know, you owe me 20 bucks. Keep going. Yeah. You stick to me in the face. I'm going to need corrective dental surgery done. That will be $25, please. And then in the 1930s, they started putting penalize players in a single space shared by by both teams what a fucking bad idea you are putting the naughtiest yeah. perpetrators yeah in the same zone together i know i know and that apparently blew up in 1963 two teams started fighting in the penalty box. where do you go from there <laughs> yeah i know I know. Well, I mean, you get ejected. I think there was a Channel 101 sketch called Prison, Prison Break. And it was about <laughs> in prison, you get caught trying to break out of prison. So they send you to prison, prison. <laughs> and then you have to try and figure out how to break out of prison, prison. Um, penalty box. There is another expression for it. Uh-oh. You're making a face. It makes you think is a 
impulse. I had never heard it. The boo boo, the boo boo box. The sin bin. The sin bin. <laughs> I like that. I wouldn't describe. I don't know that there are a lot of hockey transgressions that are also defilements of the Ten Commandments. You know what I mean? I will say there are some very dangerous plays that happen. Yes. Which could result in a kind of harm that could eventually, like, end somebody's life. I don't think, yes, that seems like a pretty far outside case, but I don't think the the, the those uh, tablets say anything about, like, thou shalt not um, hold on to another person <laughs> no, from behind, true. keeping them from going where they were trying to go. Or thou, sh- thou shalt not hit the puck over the glass in one's own defensive end, uh, thus causing a, a delay of game. I don't remember that one. So this used to happen a lot more. Yeah. Um, hockey used to be a lot more violent sport. Yeah. Um, We've remarked on this even in the time I've been watching hockey, which I think I started in 2018. Uh, it's gotten less punchy. Like, yeah. there's way less fighting. Yes. There used to be fighting every game. Yeah, refs tend to call things a lot closer than they used to. Yeah. Um. So back in the day, teams had what was called an enforcer. Yes. Uh, which apparently has a technical definition. It's a player who averaged fewer than eight minutes per game and more than 1.2 minutes. Penalty minutes per game, That's so they weren't. They didn't ratio. play like they. They were just brought out to fight. What's a good, like, what's a good amount of ice time for like a like a you know a staple a Pavel Buchnevich is out there for what like twenty. 20, 20 minutes? minutes. Yeah, that sounds right to me. I don't actually know what what the technical amount is, but that seems about right. Games are three three periods yeah. of twenty minutes. So, and boy, it's it's exhausting being out there on the ice. Yeah, people so. don't usually stay out there for more than two minutes. Yeah. Uh, so a lot of these enforcers like ended in the like early two thousands. Um, so I looked up the like players that had the most penalty minutes. Um, and the number one leader had almost 4,000 penalty minutes, 3,971 penalty minutes in the like 14 years that they played. What? Give me that number again. 3,971. If you're looking it up, it's about three days worth of time in the penalty box. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's 66 hours yeah. of penalty time man do you think did he have like cross stitch that he would like get out (laughs) when he was in there like oh okay this guy uh tiger williams dave tiger williams is what they called him tiger because of his ruthlessness it was like i was reading about him and he like he had like literally like broken sticks over people's heads before yeah you can't do that yeah like really brutal like really brutal stuff when did he retire when when 1988 okay so this was okay this was the this was a long time ago yeah i didn't recognize a lot of the names on there um i did recognize the name of bob probert yep um who retired in 2002 uh again a rough guy uh also um had been caught uh, trying to smuggle cocaine across the Canada-U.S. border. So the perfect crime. The kind of guy that um 
was disreputable in multiple ways. Did he do it like on a team bus or something? Was he, no. No. Okay. No, but his legal troubles like did make him a liability. Yeah. Uh, I will like say it. something I found charming was that his he he passed very young, actually, like age 45. Uh, and his wife uh, had Chris Chelios uh, sprinkle some of his ashes in the penalty box. That's that's <laughs> adorable and a hazard, I think. Uh, number seven on that list of players leading in penalty minutes is one Craig Berube. Craig Berube, current coach of the St. Louis Blues. <laughs> 3,149. Jesus Christ, Craig. I know, I know. You know, they always talk about him as like a... A rough customer, but I didn't know he was the seventh rus- roughest customer in the yeah, history of I hockey. Yeah, I didn't. I did not know he was top ten. Like it's one of those things. A lot of you know, like any sport, a lot of former players become coaches. Yeah, and so occasionally the announcers will reference his kind of like scrappy career. You I didn't see, know it was that scrappy. You see it in the way he reacts to when his players get penalties. I remember uh, David Perron when he started to sort of take a more like aggressive role on the team when he was still with the team started to get like a lot of penalties and like other unlike other coaches who would like flip the fuck out when one of their players made a, a mistake like that Ruby's just like that's cost doing business when you're hitting, <laughs> when you're hitting people it's sometimes you do have to go in the box David. yeah <laughs> um other kind of alterations that have been made to uh the penalty box when did they put a camera in there that's why i want to know oh i don't actually know about that i do know that they raised the glass in the penalty box because there was a player um also on the the top list um this is number three ty dami uh had 333 career fights um was doused with uh beer and grabbed a water bottle and stood up and turned around and squeezed it and then the audience member came flying down Jesus into the box Christ. and they like fought in the box so now they have taller glass so that so did that they put happen. the audience member in the penalty box after that where does he go i guess he just gets kicked yeah out you of just this. kick him out of the game uh so yeah now the the bench must be uh five feet taller than the dasher boards so somebody sitting directly behind can't just crawl in yeah um other things i thought was kind of charming like teams have used it as like a kind of a gimmick and the nashville predators apparently if you donate a hundred dollars you can sit in the visiting team's penalty box during pregame warm-ups <laughs> <laughs> so if people like pay a certain amount of money they get to hang out in there while the teams are warming up that's fun uh the like same- little notes. Like for the opposing team, <laughs> good going, dingus. Uh, St. Louis Blues uh, unveiled this season the Purina Doghouse. Um, Purina is like a big company in St. Louis. Um, and so when the uh, Blues opponents take a penalty, it triggers a $100 donation uh, from Purina. That's fine. Uh, but is there to- like a, is it, is it a penalty box full of like dogs? I think it's just labeled. Oh, okay. I don't think they I'm put, just saying, like, they let's put get, like puppies in there. Let's get fun with it. You know what I mean? Like as long as we're going to get fun with it, let's get really, really fun with it. The other thing I will say that I thought was interesting. So in the penalty box, apparently the dimensions vary from rink to rink. But uh, on the visitor's end, spare pucks are chilled inside a mini freezer set to around 10 degrees Fahrenheit. Which I guess makes sense. Like, if you want something to slide effectively on the ice, it needs to be cold. But I never thought about pucks. That doesn't being make chilled. any sense. That doesn't make any sense at all. 
I don't think a thing's temperature makes it slidier uh, as much as the substance that it is sliding well, on. Well, right? here's the thing. If you put a warm puck on the ice, isn't the friction going to be kind of a problem? Yeah, but why is the puck going to be warm? Well, if somebody's... It's the same temperature as everything else in the hockey. If somebody's me. holding it in their hot little hands. Yeah, I guess that's a good point. If they're carrying it around in their pocket, you know, like a, like a tennis person would. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You know how tennis We people? should be freezing tennis balls too, probably, <laughs> just to be safe. Also, boxes have water bottles, athletic tape, ice bags, and a metal bench, and towels because people just spit. People spit a lot in hockey. It's probably my number one thing. It's amazing to me that there's not just like little stalagmites all over the ground just from where people spit is kind of like, you know, accumulated. Yeah, I don't know how that became part of the sport. I don't know if it's something with the temperature. I guess all athletes spit. Do it, yeah. But it seems like it happens a lot in hockey. Yeah. I don't really know Well, maybe it's something to do with the cold. We should ask our friend Pete. He plays. He plays hockey. He probably knows. I have thousands Maybe the of questions spit for him. Freezes in your, gets cold in your mouth, and that's unpleasant. And you have to get it out there. You know what I mean? <laughs> maybe maybe playing hockey makes a bad flavor happen in the mouth. Ooh, I would believe that. You and dry out. You know, dry you're, out. you're skating around. Gross and, in there. So that's the penalty box. Um, I love it. I love to me when I was first watching hockey. I was most interested in the sort of psychology of it. And seeing the faces that people make as they go to the penalty box is a breathtaking human experience because it ranges from like anger, like that wasn't holding, to resignation of, yeah, that was definitely, I definitely, definitely hit that guy right in the head. I definitely should be going in here. And then concern where they're like, come on, teammates, don't let him score so I don't feel guilty about going in the penalty box. It's there's so many I also emotions. love when you see the player looking up at the big jumbotron uh-huh. of like trying to figure out like what did I do? Yeah. And like seeing the reaction sometimes where they're like, oh come on. And other times where they're like, oh yeah. Yep. Yeah, that, that was me. Bye. <laughs> Whoops. Um, thank you so much for listening to our show. Thank you to Bowen and Augustus for the use of our theme song. Money won't pay. You can find a link to that in the episode description. Hey, we have a book coming out next week. It's the Adventure Zone eleventh hour graphic novel. The and when you say we, you, me you, and Justin and Travis and yeah, Dad and Carrie, I, I am not a participant in this book, although I endorse it. Yeah, thank you for that. Two, um, two thumbs. It's our fifth book in the series, which is wild, and it's my favorite one so far. It's an adaptation of our sort of Wild West time loopy adventure that we did in the Adventure Zone Balance, and I'm super duper proud of it. It's a lot of book, uh, and and you're you're gonna enjoy it. I bet if you enjoy the Adventure Zone, uh, comes out the 21st. We are doing a special. A virtual live streaming event next Tuesday, the 21st, to celebrate. Uh, you can find all the details for that stuff over at McElroy.family. Uh, you can also find uh, merch over at McElroyMerch.com. we got some new stuff for February up in there that you should check out. And um, I think that might I think that might do it. I think maybe we'll do a, a, a quick one, unless you have anything else to – what do you have to say for yourself? <laughs> oh, Wow. Oh, I was going to recommend the McElroy Family YouTube channel. Sure. You guys have been doing a lot of streaming. Yeah, we've been doing a fun thing called NES Party, where we all log into like a single uh, Nintendo room and we play NES games together. You get a big sense of the McElroy Family energy when it came to playing games collaboratively. Yeah. uh, Which I have enjoyed. Or competitively, as is the case with our most recent episode. Um, Yeah, thank you. please, Please watch that. It's been a lot of fun. That's it. We're going to go now. I'm going to... I got big plans for today. Got to sweep you off your feet. 
with lots of romance gestures, by which I mean, I'm going to make some pasta. (laughs) (laughs) But good pasta. Yeah. Romance pasta. Romance pasta. Love spaghetti. Ooh. Sexy gnocchi. I do think there's something sexy about the way one says gnocchi. Yeah, it's the, it's the, that, whatever that is, that dip, dip thong. (laughs) The word dip thong is also a really sexy word. I mean, that's, it's all right there. It's everything you need. Dip thong. Do you want to say something else? Because I don't want that to be the last thing people hear. I was wondering if Weird Al ever considered doing a song parody of Cisco's thong song, but with the diphthong song. Probably not. Goodbye, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.